0: KRVN.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we get ready to wrap up this week, what a week it has been. We saw a market that was really dominated by the macros and energy markets. Add to it the planting and weather concerns, prevent plant up in the north, way too dry in the south. Then we had, of course, the wheat quality tour that was underway and just the stock markets in general. What happens? If this gets into trouble, does this affect the protein movement we see at the grocery store? A lot of things that we're going to take a look at this afternoon as Darren Fry joins us. He is with Water Street Solutions. And I think we got to start out with that big picture. Everybody was talking about outside market influence and, and the effects it was having on our grain and livestock markets this whole week, Darren. and And today, what are your thoughts on how it seemed to shape the way we saw the trade go?
0: Well, you know, I, I do think that wheat and corn are still in a corrective phase. And so they are pulling back. That happens to be time with, you know, the overall stock market moving lower. And I'm not a bull in the stock markets. So I think a lot of these stocks have clearly topped and some of them as early as last fall. And you look at major retailers like what happened with Walmart, Target this week, but also just look at Amazon, look at Shopify, look at some of these stocks on a chart And they are in a bear market. And so the broader market is struggling and it's going to continue to struggle, I think, as the feds have to raise interest rates to get control or try to get control of this inflationary move. They clearly, you know, started too late. They're behind the eight ball. And you heard Chairman Powell earlier this week even say that. And so now they're trying to do something about the inflation that's hurting, you know, households across the country. Our inflation here isn't as bad as other countries. But, hey, it's all about getting control of that. And while they do that, it's going to hurt the broad market. And so there is concern that if you get a macro meltdown with the dollar moving higher and stocks moving lower, when does that get into our commodities, our markets, and affect them?
1: So having said that, what, what do you, what's the biggest takeaway for our producers as they watch not only their input costs but watch these markets? What's some thought and feeling that they should be looking at?
0: Well, I think it's I think the inflation is, is strong enough. These commodities are going to be a little bit stubborn to roll over, especially those commodities that have really good, solid fundamentals. You know, like the corn situation, I think, has more than just an inflationary story. It has an acreage story. What will the weather be this year? Uh, hey, how is exports and uh, grind going for, you know, ethanol? And so we got to watch energies real close because the energies melt up that will be very supportive for corn for soybean oil we know that brazil is basically getting out of beans here as we approach summer and you know so these fundamentals around beans and corn and wheat wheat being 15 percent the caloric intake of humans around the world they have a story and so they might hold up but you know things like the protein market we've seen cattle struggle we've seen hog struggle struggle lately Those things that maybe don't have as bullish of a fodder around them might have some struggles here if we get into a macro meltdown. But energy costs go up, fertilizer is going to stay underpinned, and these costs to the farmer, I think, will stay supported for at least a while.
1: Let's talk quickly about the energy market side of it first. Uh, what are you seeing with these numbers? I mean, like you just said, prices are going to continue to go up. That's going to affect the bottom line. But I think energy is affecting not just those in ag, but just the general population.
0: Yeah, it really is. And you know, I I know I, I read a lot of other people's stuff, and you know, some people are bearish the energies because of the macro market situation. We're already showing signs of moving into a recession in some ways, and you know, I, I guess I don't see that supported on the chart. I think natural gas will, will have one more move higher and could be substantially higher. Uh, same thing with crude and, you know, the, the RBOB, the gasoline as we enter summer drive season here, we usually see a tick up there and, you know, LP prices are pretty high right now, propane around the country, but those can go higher in the fall. And so, um, I guess I'm just not an energy bear yet. Maybe in July or August, I will be, but not quite yet. So, I think this is going to keep everything uh, moving higher, in my opinion, in the markets that we trade, at least in the grains and the oil seeds.
1: So then talk about it from the meltdown possibility. What happens if the stock market gets in trouble? And what does that mean for agriculture?
0: Well, I do think things will come toppling down, Um, you know, especially if they start getting the inflation under control. and, And that's, You know certainly shortages logistical challenges russian ukraine war that situation some of the drought and weather issues around the world have caused those problems but obviously if you have a macro meltdown of any size uh, it's going to pull everything down we we saw that the last time in 08 with the housing debacle crude had already topped in july but by the time the housing market went you know things got real cheap real quick and and you could see that again there's no question I just don't think the timing is quite right here in May yet, and we can still go higher. But I do think that's a real risk as we get deeper in the summer and understand more about what this crop size is.
1: And obviously looking at uh, what's been happening globally um, and, and how it compares with our dollar trading is going to have a factor as well from an export standpoint.
0: Yeah, well, you know, our dollar continues to get stronger against other currencies, and that's making inflationary pressures worse for poorer countries, a lot of countries around the world, and it's making them consider banning exportable supplies or whatever they produce as well as hoarding. And I do think that, you know, you have a situation here as things continue to move forward that's not uh, sustainable. So something's going to snap, something's going to break at some point. Uh, and I would expect between now and September we're going to see that.
1: Lots of things that we'll continue to look around. Stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. As we get ready to bring in the second half of the Fontenelle final bell, we'll continue to take a look at maybe some planting and weather concerns. Is it too early to be talking prevent plant, especially when we look to our neighbors to the north who keep getting inundated? Then add to the fact that this weather is definitely interesting. There is snow. In the western part of the states, even in western Nebraska, we've got snow going on today. A lot of weather factors that will affect this trade moving forward. More is coming up. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Ring.
0: Consistent performance is one of the key strengths of Fontenelle hybrids. Here's Fontenelle dealer Norm Brueger from Albion talking about that aspect. You know, the weather in Nebraska, we got late plant, we've got drought, we've got insect pressure, and Fontenelle seems to be steady. We're always kind of rolled right through all of those weather conditions, and uh, anything Mother Nature throws, it, it seems to uh, withstand the conditions that we plant in very, very well. For more, go to Fontenelle.com. Always follow grain marketing, stewardship practices, and pesticides. RVM.
1: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Darren Fry, Darren was Water Street Solutions and kind of left off talking about kind of some sad stuff, talking meltdowns or the stock market, what's going to happen with energy markets and the inflationary cycle that we're in. Uh, but I wanted to kind of pick up from there because we didn't talk a lot about the inflationary cycle when it comes to the protein side of things. And and what do you see from a consumer standpoint and what is that going to mean for agriculture?
0: Uh, on the protein side, like cattle and, and, I mean, beef and pork, correct?
1: Yes, correct.
0: Yeah, so... You know, for whatever reason, I mean, I've been more bullish fundamentally, you know, pork than I have beef. But I think all of that is going to improve was get through summer. But, you know, the way the charts look and, and the way that hogs into this strong seasonal, into Memorial Day, have gone counter seasonal. Uh, I still think that later on we could see another run in in the hog side of things. But I, I've been thinking that as the cattle numbers come down, as we get through summer into fall, we will see higher prices. But, you know, it's hard to understand what will be happening if the consumer has that disposable income taken away because of gasoline prices, because of overall food prices. Can beef and pork really rise in the face of all that? And, and you know, just interest rates coming up, housing prices, everything has exploded, and the consumer hasn't had his income keep up with that. So I really think that we got a situation here that might not allow us to fulfill those higher targets that I was thinking, you know, 10 weeks ago, 12 weeks ago. So time will tell, but I think they could have some headwinds against them as we move into summer and fall.
1: Definitely going to see that impact when it comes to movement across that meat counter.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And then you have to look at, you know, the contracting herd in hogs and also... You know, what does that mean for corn consumption longer term? And if fuel is is a problem for consumers, you know, what about ethanol grind? We saw some weaknesses last week in the ethanol side of things. And, you know, I think that's going to tick up when gas consumption starts moving higher here in June. But we have to be careful here. We have to watch those things because if we start seeing a few of those things give way, you have the start of demand rationing.
1: Do you have any concerns about prevent plant or is it too early to be talking prevent plant, especially to our neighbors to the north?
0: You know, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, I thought could prevent plant, you know, anywhere from a million to three million acres, you know, three weeks ago. I mean, if this weather persists, but they have had some drier weather. They have had a little bit more of an opening here to get stuff planted. I still think there's risk of some PP. I think it will be taken in corn. But I'm hearing from producers that spring wheat, even though, you know, they can take PP, I think it's May 15th on spring wheat, and then it's like May 25th or May 31st, depending on where you are on corn. I'm hearing they're going to plant well into June because of the price. The price is incentivizing that both on spring wheat and on corn. And they could plant even farther into that on the corn plant date, like June 10th, June 1st on spring wheat. And because of that, in this drier window, I I think that maybe a million acres is a fair guess right now, not two or three. So there still is a possibility for some. If things would really straighten up up there in in the weather and no more rain, uh, they'll get most of it in, in my opinion.
1: What are your thoughts on the wheat quality tour that just wrapped up in, in Kansas and northern Oklahoma?
0: Well, you know... They saw the best wheat early in the tour. I think they saw the worst wheat on Wednesday and, and, uh, obviously, um, that wheat crop's been battered and beaten and a lot of it will depend on, you know, what they see for weather during the latter part of, of grain fill here, which is the next few weeks here to finish that crop up. But, you know, I, I think USDA's got crops still overstated to some degree and I think we still have to come down on it some more. So, um, I think they kind of found what I expected them to and, I wasn't really surprised. I mean, talking to growers out there, it's just been one heck of a year, and especially the farther south and west you go. Um, there's not much difference between this year and what happened in the Dust Bowl years. Well, I want to see how the market acts here Sunday into Monday. We didn't have the best closes on wheat here to end the week. Uh, corn was okay. Um, wheat really needs to bottom in this area, or maybe we priced in what's happened in India, and maybe we were looking for other bullish fodder to get this wheat market going again but you know I I just think that what the UN came out and talked about with putting a package together get Ukrainian exports going again and maybe get some of the fertilizer and energy markets going uh talking with Russia trying to put a package together I think that kept some of the new speculators from coming into the wheat market but also um you know we had the consternation over this 1.8 million metric tons from India so you had funds that are normally short wheat that were a little long and that-
1: Good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
0: Well, they can always look me up on Twitter and I'm at fry underscore WSS or call us here at the office on our toll free number at 866-249-2528.
1: All right, that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As always, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable for all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.